0: Good evening. Good evening, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Pods. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's deadline evening, evening, as I would say. And we're here, I'm doing my best Jim White impression. I'm, of course, as always, joined by Scobie, feeling a little bit nervous, being the stag do organiser of the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: it's a thankless task tell you that but yeah we're we're almost there nothing everything's done everything could possibly go wrong has gone wrong so far so let's (laughs) see what the weekend holds yeah manchester here we come tomorrow for for big gary stag do shout out to gary clement
0: how are you john you well i'm very well i'm very well actually to be honest i'm bored of chatting to you we've got our favorite guest as always we i think we say that about every guest but gagan's really our favorite um so craig I've actually been having requests from friends to get you back on. So here you are. Um how how are you, mate?
2: Great, mate. What an introduction as always. Um, yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Excited to be back. First of the season. Yep.
0: First of the season. Yeah, first of season three for you. You've you've had a number of appearances on the podcast.
2: This is it. Got no rant prepared today, unfortunately. So <laughs> the fans will be disappointed.
0: Yeah, well, if you're ranting about how Celtic are doing this season, then we would well, well and truly just tell you to fuck off. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's great,
1: en- great to have you back on Gagan's third season with us on the pod. You've been a long-standing friend of the, of the pod, so yeah, always good to have you back, mate. Cheers, boys.
0: And you've been enjoying the, the the start of the Scottish football season so far?
2: It's just a glorious thing when you've got Scottish football back, isn't it? <laughs> um, just, just It's just fucking brilliant, like the... Everything about it, just can't say enough good things about it. I mean, it helps when we're absolutely pounding everyone as well. But
0: yes, yeah, yeah. and we will come on to that. Of course, uh, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't have you on without without going through how Celtic are doing, and of course, uh, the big one coming this Saturday lunchtime. So, listeners, thanks very much for joining again. As always, uh, part one. We're calling this the Specs View for those <laughs> for those who haven't. Um, picked up yet Gagan obviously has specs All the <laughs> sexiest men in Scotland have specs Is that not right? That's true so We're, right. we're going to get your view on deadline day uh, There's obviously been a big sacking There's been League Cup action this week And then of course as I say there's the big one Saturday lunchtime against the two undefeated teams In the league Part 2, Scobie will take us around the grounds after that And then part 3, I have prepared a quiz So hopefully all the listeners will stay on for that
1: I was actually just trying to think of men in Scottish football that have got glasses and could therefore be called sexy and the only one I can think of is Neil Doncaster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you remember when uh, Diego Waxhaw so... turned up? Yes. Oh.
0: White guy with cornrows and specs,
1: <laughs> And he signed for Sally.
0: Yeah. Oh. Your stock was never, has never been so high. You could have it. Could have had it. Could have had it. So, so, so the specs view. I mean, deadline day. As I say, I'm going to try and do my best Jim White impression, even though he's retired from Sky Sports. Um, Hearts have been in the market. Uh, Callum Humphreys has just signed from Wigan. This obviously off the back of Liam Boyce being injured. Stephen Humphreys, but yeah, close enough. Oh, do you know what? I was about to say, um, BBC Sport had it down as Callum Humphreys, and I was googling. I was like Stephen Humphreys.
1: It's also Humphrey spelled super weird. Yeah, Wigan, as uh, striker. Having a look at a look at him there. He played a bit of Rochdale, scored a few goals there. Um, six foot one. Sounds like quite a big boy. Know nothing about him, but to be honest, we are delighted to see another striker come in. Um yeah. it'll be something I'm sure we'll come on to, but um, we need to bolster that squad. So hopefully there's, a, there's another one or two that might come in the in the door yet.
2: Yeah, but, yeah he's but... boys going down kind of forced you into it, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Uh, he's got 10 10 goals in 30 appearances for the huge clubs that are Rochdale and South End. So he's an absolute bagsman on the level of uh Haaland, I reckon. So yeah, good, good things coming there. I've been really impressed with the Super J's work today. They've gone and got uh Connor McClennan, who's had a sort of stop, stop, start career at Aberdeen, scored some big goals, uh, you know, winners at Ibrox in the Scottish Cup, um, to name to name one. He'd be linking up with uh, Maisel and Considine there, uh, so uh, in good company. And they've also, which I think is even better saying, gone and got Nicky Clark from United. Yeah. Couldn't believe that.
1: Mm. I mean, he was obviously wanting out. I know they brought in Fletcher this year and stuff, but God, Nicky Clark, wily campaigner, someone they're going to need. He's been so good from a fantasy perspective as well. It was a bit of a shock, wasn't it?
2: Johnson's just a great landing spot for those sort of players, I think. Yeah, just you're gonna play every game. You're not gonna have the pressure of playing for
1: bigger teams. Yeah, so he said his parting words. It helps to feel wanted. So yeah, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit. well Nicky Clark that's, that's scoring lovely... against the United looks like a nailed-on, uh, a nailed-on bet for the next uh, for the first game of the season.
0: That's a, that's a lovely segue, Scobie, into the next transfer stuff I was going to come on to, and, and it goes on feeling wanted, and of course it comes with Christian Ramirez of Aberdeen. Um, obviously, Bojan Miowski is the number one st- or number nine striker, should I say, at Pataudry just now uh, and started really well. David Bates has um, fucked off back to Europe somewhere. Um, so uh, Christian Ramirez, quote, tweeted uh, that saying, great stuff, mate. Congratulations on your big move. Delighted to see it. And Gagan, have you just told me that he's now deleted his Twitter account?
2: Just, just come up. He's just deleted his Twitter account. So obviously, <laughs> done a word in the year. No, 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 Christian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that again. Yes, a very, wife, like, very angry why do, why do like all of us still live in Aberdeen? Why do all my kids live in Aberdeen? Why do <laughs> we live in Aberdeen? Why can't we go back to America? Christian uh, Ramirez doing that much renowned thing of do you're talking on Twitter and not
1: on the football pitch. <laughs> you know. Anyway.
0: Oh, uh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. he was being
1: linked with their uh, Hearts obviously for a while. We we we've, we've gone with the uh, Callum steven and what am I going to call him? but uh, Yeah, interesting one. I'm, I'm quite glad we steered wide of him. I don't think I would have wanted Ramirez around our club.
0: No, no. Yeah, as, he said, as he says on the Twitter, make it make sense, please. There's two sides to every story. That's all for now. <laughs> And then, and then just finally on deadline day, moving away slightly from the cinch. I uh, don't know if you picked guys cooked up on this one. Jack Hendry has gone to Cremonese in the Serie A. They uh, got promoted last year. Interesting uh, one there, Gagan. What did you pick for that?
2: Tasty little fee. I saw it was like five or six million. And it seems like Italian teams are pretty keen to dip their toe in the Scottish market with Lewis mm. Ferguson and Hickey, Liam Henderson. Um, so, yeah, oh. I think it's a tasty fee for him. It's just that uh, I just still can never believe the player that played for Celtic has, has had the career that he has. I mean, still, I think he's a relatively decent player. I don't know if I'd start him for Scotland, but, you know, it's, it's made, to have that sort of collection of transfer fees throughout your career, you wouldn't have said that three, four
1: years ago. Yeah, he's almost got, you know, it's not quite um, Ollie Burke levels of, of transfer fees behind him. Oh, it's like insane, though. Oli Burke's ripping it up in there, it's
2: Germany out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. A, a,
0: you a see that unbelievable, unbelievable result? Boys, hold that Oli Burke thought. He might come back in part three. <laughs> <laughs> jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking that when I said it. I was like, you well, might have in part three. <laughs> Just remember that. And then also great to see Billy Gilmore uh, hopefully off to Brighton. Uh, obviously, I'd, I went to Norwich last year. They didn't appreciate him at all. We certainly do appreciate him in Scotland, and especially at Fantasy Football Pod quarters. Good, I think the best thing about that is it's permanent.
2: Mm. Clearly want to go out and get him. so, And I think they're paying a bit of money for him as well. So,
1: Got to be good news. He just needs to play games. Mm-hmm. I just want to say a special thanks to John who managed to cover the whole uh, transfer period and not ask me to pronounce Hearts as new midfielder's name. <laughs> because I actually had a little go at trying to do it before and I've got nothing.
0: Oh, come on. You've got to give us it now.
1: Right. So it's Orestesis Keomor Tizoglu. Nailed it. <laughs> when I saw that come in, I was like, Hearts are at it. <laughs> they know I've got to try and say that name at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get away from deadline. That's part one of Specs View. We're moving on to the next part of Specs View. So I hope you've uh, cleaned them there, Craig, and ready for this one. Jack Ross, the ASOS Ancelotti, who we covered well in the last podcast. Has been sacked. I mean, we we all know the story now. They had a great result against azek Altmar. They got pumped one nil, seven nil. Sorry, away from home, four one to Hearts, three nil loss to St Mirren. And then, of course, Craig, it was a 9 nine-zero thumping to Celtic. What did you make of that?
2: Have you seen? Have you seen the goals? Yes. Particularly, have you seen the eighth Starfelt header? Yeah. And it's like, it's like beyond schoolboy. You've just got a bunch of people in the box pointing at each other and like sighing. <laughs> and I, I just think I don't know. It's obviously five. What is it? Five games into the season. Like it's obviously early, but mm. I think. If you look at Jack Ross's career, so he's like St. Mirren, where he was a bit of a like hero. Brendan Rodgers used to always bang on about how much he loved him. And then Sunderland, where he, you could argue both ways what sort of job he did. I thought he came out quite well in that documentary. Um, mm-hmm. And then what Hibbs seemed to be doing okay, then got canned and now Dundee United and sacked after five games. And I think it's just need to look at it. It's like, is he actually just pish? Like, is that, the, is that the problem? Or is it, you know, Dundee United strange signing policy i don't know that dundee united team didn't look like they were playing for him like i don't know it's tough tough going those sort of results but like 3-0 to St Mirren, mixing yeah. a 4-1 in against sort of bog standard team like hearts it's like it's not really <laughs> gonna live not really gonna live through that sort of thing and um, but i always thought he like speaks well comes across mm-hmm. well in the media it seems like players seem to see, uh, speak quite highly of him so i don't know i be interested to see what his next job is
0: yeah, I think you'll definitely now struggle for a job in Scotland that's in the top tier. So I would not be surprised to see him go back down south. Because as you say, like Sunderland, I'm not sure he was he's too much damaged goods. There's a lot of, lot of shite going on there as well. Um so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there, there, Gagan. I mean, for, for, what do you think, Scobay?
1: I, I kind of disagree with you on it. Will he not will he not get another chance in the Scottish top flight? look, it's not that there's an awful lot of managers do, you know, on the on the merry-go-round as it is. And and I, I was kind of—I feel the same as you, Gay. And I was like, he has got a pretty good win record, above fifty percent at St Mirren and uh, Sunderland, which is quite impressive. And he was good at Hibs for a time until it all fell apart. I don't know. If that's good. He was good until he was, but not good. Fine, but he was very good. He was doing well with that squad. He was building it. Two cup finals. And kind of it feels a bit like what was that? Sorry? Two cup finals. Yeah. At Hibs. And it all went terribly wrong. And they made the right decision to get rid of them. Sure. Not that the hips have improved in any way, shape, or form since he's left. Let's mm. be clear. They've been terrible since, and the two managers. And it felt a bit like it, Dundee United, they were kind of getting by being a, quite a crap football team, but just difficult under courts. They were a little bit like that under Mellon. And it was almost like, did he try and change too, few, too many things? And then suddenly it just all fell apart. It was like, actually, it's such a much bigger mess than we thought it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think the imbalance, like the, because as you say, courts was pretty defensive. And yeah. then he's just brought in like Fletcher... Um, Levitt, like basically all attacking decent players, Yeah. like on yeah. paper it looked like it was going to be money, but yeah. you just can't be defending like that at any level.
0: Yeah, no, I think um, particularly the sort of central midfield signings he made, like Dylan Levitt on the permanent move, Jamie McGrath is like obviously a really good player, but what they really lack, and it was what was I thought was really clear from the Celtic game, is like a defensive midfielder that can protect yeah. the defence. There was absolutely nothing there was there and um that you know the, the, like Charlie Mo and a few other defenders are sort of getting past it a little bit now as well and um but yeah, I don't think anyone saw the demise come as quickly. I mean, yeah, you, you talk about court Scobie. he was he was only in charge for 47 games before going off to Budapest. And Mellon was sort of similar amount of time. So, I mean, let, 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 let's go into who we think could be replacements. I mean, Michael O'Neill seems a pretty good shout, um, got history at the club and obviously did an excellent job with Northern Ireland. I think he'd be good. The one that I think we all want is Duncan Ferguson. He'd be uh-huh. absolute box office to have in the cinch. Um, what 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 do you what do you guys think?
2: Could be, he seems to get hoarded out for every job, but Kevin Thompson potentially still without a job since doing quite a good
1: thing with Kelty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I wonder if it's just slightly too big for him. I'd, I'd love either of those two, John, uh, to be fair. I think Michael O'Neill's had a date with Scottish football for a long time, hasn't he? He played yeah, yeah. and Hibs for a while. Went down south, did an all right job there, let's be honest. And he obviously got great record from Northern Ireland. So yeah, he, he feels obvious whether he wants to get straight back into management and all of will have to wait and see. But he lives up here, doesn't he? He lives in Edinburgh, I think, Michael O'Neill. So. Yeah, he
2: got off at of the Scotland job once, I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Yeah,
1: he was. Before... in the... Been discussion for that, wasn't it? McLeish, he? maybe?
2: The McLeish era? Yeah, the golden yeah. McLeish era? <laughs>
0: Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Yeah, Kazakhstan. exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, look, like, yeah, he played 64 times for United in um, 89 to 93, so he's obviously got, got, got some history there, so it could be him, but yeah, Duncan Ferguson, I feel as well. Obviously, started his career youth team, uh, guy under Jim McClain there, uh, before moving on to Rangers and things like that. So he's and he, you feel like he's ready for that sort of step up from either the sort of interim job he was doing at Everton to actually taking a permanent job. So I think he'd be great as well because, uh, we, we all know, uh, what, what he's capable of, yeah, yeah. I and mean,
1: it's. It's an attractive squad to come in and take over in many ways. There's, there's faults with it, but there's some good players and there. there's a good core of players that you can really work with. You know, keep it taking over till January. Maybe bring in some other um, players, loan signings, whatever it is, and then keep going. So, um, Dundee United is always going to be an attractive job in Scottish football. So let's let's wait and see.
0: Well, uh, you again. We've got a lovely segue into the League Cup review here, where we're going to move on quickly. And uh, yeah. one club that has already changed their manager. And to great effect, it seems, initially, is Motherwell. They obviously had a great uh, result, uh, 3-0 the other night, uh, Kevin Van uh, Bean, uh, 4-0, sorry, Kevin Van Bean scoring a hat-trick. And they mm. seem to have just moved into Hamill quite nicely. It was quite a low-risk appointment, club legend, and he hasn't changed too much. Um, but he's certainly made them play a more attractive style of football. How are we feeling about Motherwell, boys?
1: Yeah, good. I mean, I, I agree with everything you say, John. I think his yeah. reigns got off to a great start. He got that big win against Aberdeen, didn't he? Uh, impressive win over that, an informed Livingston at the time as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's doing all the right things. There's one man that it's all about, and it seems to be involved in everything good that that club does, and it's Kevin Van Bean.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Blair Spittles look good as well, but I think it's shown now that, like, going into the youth, your Stevie Hamels, your, your Tam Kurtz, the, uh, like, seems to... Seems to not be a bad road to tread, other than just going out and getting the next Jack Ross or whoever. Just you know, keeping it in house. It seems to be they're having quite a lot of success with it. Um, it's not very glamorous, but yeah, Stevie Hamill's like massively highly rated amongst uh, mm-hmm. like that club spit, like as you say, a legend. So yeah, yeah,
1: Goodman well, is yeah. kind of a a product of that as well. It's a mirror. It's yeah. A mirror. yeah. Well, kind of came through it in there and now you look yeah. at uh, Aberdeen. So.
0: Via, yeah. via Alloa, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, One boy yeah. I'm really liking as well, Motherwell, is Dean Cornelius. As they, they describe him on the Motherwell website, a uh, player that's made this, the journey from the stands to the pitch at Far Park. Um, he, he obviously came off um, at uh, Rugby Park at the weekend against Kilmarnock and their defeat there, um, which also brings us in nicely now to the next team I wanted to talk about. Scobie, it was all at Tyne Castle. In the League Cup uh, oh. last night, Hearts have been knocked out of two competitions in a week, and the 61-year wait for the Big or Diddy Cup, as it's known, uh, goes on. It does go on. Kilmarnock Love, Tynecastle. <laughs> Say
1: it loud and clear. That five consecutive victories at Tynecastle for them. You know, that? unbelievable, oh. inexplicable, really. But uh, yeah, it's. um Look, McKenzie's building a tough team there. I think that's two in a row for them. Good win against Motherwell for them, two one. We did see the bigger games for them were coming. They did a really hard start to the season playing the old firm, you know, up first. Um, so look, I think Kilmaican are shifting into into a better gear. They signed Christian Dodge as well, another interesting um, signing, and this sort of Scottish striker um, sort of merry around at the moment a little bit yep. as well, isn't it?
2: Got but, a good tidbit on uh, Christian Dodge, some inner. Or like from a little dicky bird that I know. Go on then. So apparently he, when he got injured, quite recently, well, whenever it was, and then he got COVID straight after. And this dicky bird thinks seems to think he had long COVID because he came back like skin and bone afterwards, and like he was quite a physical guy beforehand, yeah. but he just hasn't really been able to do that since. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also saw him in the festival at the pub, <laughs> and he was and he was drinking water. So Ooh. fair play to him. Not expected from a Scottish footballer.
0: No, well, Welsh footballer playing Scotland.
2: Well, He, knew, true, yeah, he yeah. was a
0: he was a Welsh. He's represented Wales at basketball. I've heard that actually. Yeah, <laughs> that was one well. thing last week. I mean, look, Kilmanagh have really, and Derek McInnes has really addressed what I think was the big um, sort of problem in the team at the start of the season. We were talking about Kyle Lafferty and Ollie Shaw both having great success in the championship and ter- turning that uh, we thought turning that into success in the Premiership. But looking at the highlights against Motherwell at the weekend, Lafferty. Like awful shots, like three or four times, just sort of like leaning back and like slapping the ball over the bar and the stands. Um, Ollie Shaw, the through ball for him, and he sort of like he was like taking the the finishes if he was Lino Messi. It was like, nah, mate, you're Ollie Shaw, and just like <laughs> it in the stand again. Kilmarnock's top goal scorer in the league is Ash Taylor with Wait, two
2: goals, which you called John.
0: <laughs> I've got a bet <laughs> on Moscovy, who scores five goals this season. I'm looking pretty tasty right <laughs> you now. You are
1: indeed. <laughs> I- I hope he goes in a big gold drought, basically. But, um, yeah, there was some good chance of um, the old one club in Ayrshire as well, directed at uh, Lawrence Shantland and uh, Alan Forrest, <laughs> United players.
0: Fantastic. Love yeah. that. And then one other player I want to pick out for Killy, who's been quite impressive is Sam Walker in goals. He's got the most saves in the league, 21 um, saves, and he's also only £2.2 million in, in fantasy football. so a really cheap uh, goalkeeper, if you want to go that way. Uh, McInnes' sides are known for generally being pretty stuffy and with uh, Ash Taylor playing like Paulo uh, Maldini half the time then it, it could be quite a good shout
1: And Ash Taylor is, what remind me 2.7 million Aye,
0: In about there, 2.7 million
1: With 28 points against them already this season Unbelievable, great value, he's only 5% owned
0: Yeah, really nice Right That is the early part of this pod done We know what we're all here for, Gagin it's the specs view on Celtic and the old firm preview this Saturday lunchtime. Celtic have obviously had a magical start to the league. They've scored 25 goals in five games. Rangers less so. They've drawn a game, but they've still looked pretty good and obviously made uh, that incredible journey into the Champions League. Both playing Champions League. How do you see this weekend uh, panning out? I mean,
2: i probably say this anyway, but I, I literally do think we're going to pump them. <laughs> I think we're going to pump them 3-0 at home. Um, like, if you compare pre-season this year to last year when it was just us, like, circuits, essentially, and, you know, this year we've got settled 11, all we've really done is strengthen in, like, the areas we need. We've got two players in every position. We haven't had the, like, compulsory European embarrassment in the, like, July, sort of June uh, time, which which was nice. Um, and, yeah, just the, the way we the way Celtic play at the moment is I, I don't really see anyone coming close domestically I haven't seen much Rangers this year I saw the comical draw against Hibs um, and I can't remember the other game I saw with them but I, I didn't think they really looked on the same level and um, I just think when, especially before Europe kicks off before we're chopping and changing and, and mixing things up I just can't see them getting close to us Um You've yeah. played
1: an awful lot less football than them as well, I think, which is a, Definitely. another thing to add into the mix, isn't it?
2: But the players that you know, the good players are playing. Like Kyogo is just out out of this world at the minute. Jota, like Matt O'Reilly, like these these players aren't going to be at Celtic for much longer. I don't think at the rate they're going. Like, and I've heard Liverpool were sniff. Apparently, Liverpool were interested in O'Reilly before he came to Celtic. Some sort of stat-based um, scouting, and like. I wouldn't be remotely surprised if he breaks the TNA um, club sale record. Mm. Um I, I just, as I say, I, I, it just looks so shite to play against Celtic. There's no second to breathe. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, as I say, domestically, I can't see anyone coming close.
0: So, so to try and add some balance here um, to the argument, I think what I what I totally agree with you. I think Celtic look excellent at beating basically every other team in the Scottish Premiership right now. They move the ball so quickly that basically sides cannot handle it. And, you know, 2-0 defeats for Hearts and Aberdeen, especially Hearts putting their B team out, It like, looks like a pretty decent result at Celtic Park. Yeah. What you will say about Rangers is they've definitely got a bit, bit more bite against better sides. And to be honest, Celtic are probably the kind of side that they've beaten in Europe now. And they just time and time again keep surprising us. Like no one gave them a chance in making those Champions League group stages. So they'll approach the game in the same manner. Um, and I, I can't call it. Scobie, what, what, what's your prediction?
1: Yeah, I feel very similar to you, actually, John. We're saying all the same things tonight, but I, I do think it's a bit—it's a big game and they've proven this year that they've got up for them. Where, where they've not looked good is against Livingston opening day of the season, you know, going behind in games like that where they've been a bit sloppy against Hibs. They were ill-disciplined, you know, and they maybe thought they were going to walk over Hibs because they've been playing poorly this year, you know, and, and they would have been right to, right to have thought that. So... I don't know. I do agree with you, though, Gagan. I've not seen Celtic play as well as they played in a number of years. Um, it was frightening against Dundee United. Now, Dundee United were shambolic, but I think it sort of summed it up, wasn't it? Was it 6-0 down, 7-0 down, and the sight of David Turnbull, Dazen Meda, Aaron Moy, mm-hmm. and someone else who would start for any team in the Premiership coming on, it was like, <laughs> there you go, Dundee United fans. Like It's not over yet. Yeah, and I do sure think enough, the five songs... Sorry to interrupt, but yeah,
2: I do think the five subs things needs to needs to go. To be honest, like it's it really really gives advantages to the players with the stronger depth. But mm-hmm. I, to be honest, the main not the main thing. It's obviously the way Celtic are playing, but home advantage in these games is is enormous, and yeah. I just think that's like going to be and Rangers in Europe and that have generally not been great away and been like unbeatable at home. So I do think that's just going to be the the thing that tips it over. I also just think if we a bit like the the unbelievable three 0 last season, if if you start drowning a bit against us, I think we'll just we'll run all over it, and yeah. I'm sure this will get played back to me if we lose. <laughs> yeah, there's so many sound bites in here. Wow. Yeah.
1: And yeah. um, you mentioned Matt O'Reilly. I was going to bring him up. He's sort of like from a fancy point of view, continued to go under the radar. Yeah. You watch him. I mean, I, I think I texted you on Sunday. One of his passes okay. back into the box was just utter filth. I think it was for the fifth goal. I forget. But, you know, Matt O'Reilly at 5.5 million, he's got 30 points already, all generated from assists. He's got four assists and a few bonus points with that. He's played regularly, though. So yes. are we missing a trick there?
2: Uh, potentially, yeah. I was thinking about this in the way. It was like if you had to pick a defender, midfielder, and attacker. So you pick Kyogo, defence. I know Juranovic has got is better from a fantasy perspective, and he takes pens. But to me, Taylor has been one of the best players this season. Uh, and I do think Juranovic is much more likely to be rotated. Yeah. Um, and then midfield excuse me I think um, like McGregor is always the guaranteed points you're going to be rotating quite a lot between the others but for me I think Matt O'Reilly is the is Ange's man basically yeah he's, uh, and he's he's not going to be around long seriously he's got something about him um, yeah I mean, yeah. you, t-
0: you talk about the fact he was going to go maybe go to Liverpool this summer, but like the best place for him now is definitely his self. So, like, he seems to have settled in really well. And like, yeah. you say he'll go in a year, but actually, if he could stay for two seasons, he's playing like every game. So it must be great for McGregor to have that energy next to him the whole time. He's going to learn so much. And if you get, keep getting Champions League football, then if he's going to go to somewhere like Liverpool, he's not going to start, is he? And at that age, like this guy's improving every game you watch him. Yeah, I totally agree. But he's about he, to play
1: Real Madrid. You exactly. know that, It's like, Unbelievable, the experience and exposure he's getting. So he, you know, should stick around for a couple of years. The, the um, yeah, I, I wonder if we're almost late to the game with him. It feels like to shift around. You know we've got to we got to make some moves. Maybe drop off. I, I brought in Yens at the weekend, which is a stupid move. I had Carter Vickers in the start of the season and naturally brought him in, and he and he, and he is on the bench. Uh, so that was a frustrating one. But I'm almost thinking, you know, because your your firepower is there, you got so many goals. You know, do I drop out a defender and bring one in there? Because I think we've not spoken about him yet, but Jota's also started the season in fantastic form. Yeah. Possibly slightly overshadowed, overshadowed by Kyogo, but he's hit some rockets as well. He's he's been everywhere, isn't he?
2: Yeah, 100% agree. And I, th- I think he's also the not not guaranteed, but very, very likely to start. Um, yeah. Wingers are streaky, though. Jota had periods like this last season, and he had periods where he was quiet. So if you want to get it, you kind of want to be getting it at the, the peak instead of when it's beginning to come down. Although, Scobie, you'll probably check in just as it's about to, <laughs> about
0: to come yeah. down. I, I, I agree on the Taylor. I've had Taylor from the start, and to get that guy that's nailed start, and he's like really he was a really cheap way in, sort of 3.3 3 million. Uh, and obviously with JJ you've got the the rotation risk of uh, Anthony Ralston who's never really done a bad job for Celtic
2: no. so boys what's what's your prediction
0: Nil, nil.
1: 2-2 fucking hell sitting <laughs> on the fence I think there'll be goals though I think there'll be goals one yeah, thing know. to know obviously Celtic like haven't had many clean sheets this year mm-hmm. yeah a couple here and there uh, yeah Ross County scored against you um, in the premiership and league Cup obviously. Um, is that it?
0: Yeah, okay. They've had four clean it's sheets in I... five games.
2: Not that many clean sheets, got not that many.
0: Just that Joe Hart has <laughs> like, got the most clean sheets in the league. <laughs> about about to, I'll be getting a raise from the podman editor. <laughs> That's, that's Edison's privileges, right? Yeah. So and just and just sort of, I mean, the main question we're getting on fantasy football Scotland is, what do you do with the assets? I mean, in my opinion, I don't really think you sell anyone. To sell someone for a week is is a big thing. The only one I would consider doing is selling Colak and getting in Van Veen for one week and then switching back. That's the only thing I'm considering doing. The rest of them, everyone's everyone's jacked. Everyone's got five, six old firm players in their teams. So the whole, the everyone's going to be slightly. Uh, muffled this week on 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 points. I wouldn't make wholesale changes. Would be would be my um, overall take. And on that note, shall we get out of part one, gents? Welcome back to part two of this week's fantasy fit bad pod. God, it was a lot of energy in part one, lads. I am knackered, but Scobie, I'm a knackered fridge. Allow-, <laughs>
1: Allow me to take the reins, John. Please do. Season three. Do you know what episode number this is, John? Tell me. Episode 55. Great to have you on, Gigan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you can see his face right now, listeners. 55, about in, 55
2: is in one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, so we've covered an awful lot of ground, so we're going to make part two probably a bit quicker than we usually do. Where are we going to start? Let's take a minute to talk about the buddies. Stephen Robinson was in our mix for first manager of the season to be sacked. I believe, John, we had Graham Alexander, who indeed was, and we also had Davidson in there too. He's sort of hanging on, turning it round. But Stephen Robinson, after a bit of a rough start, two fantastic wins on the bounce then. 3-0 over Jack Ross's United, uh, and then a 1-0 win against Hibbs. Some seriously uh, important points. So do we think that's this kickstarts their season?
0: Yeah, I really like um, the, the St Mirren shout, Scoby. Sorry, jump in there again. Uh, three clean sheets so far this season. If you actually go back a little bit, they've got seven clean sheets in nine games. So that's definitely the, the sort of bedrock of, of what they're doing. Richard Tate being the top fantasy football Scotland asset that you want there. Gagan, what, what are your takes on, on St Mirren? I thought it was three in the bounce,
2: but maybe I'm wrong. Is, I'm, I've just been amused by pl- players like Curtis Main becoming like unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> you know? say,
0: yes, you are right, three in the
1: bounce. I said two, didn't I? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's 1-0 against Ross County as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those... Like, it always happens that way, doesn't it? It's like the first to get the sack, and it's just always... Mm-hmm. just never works out like that but like a brophian was it is a brophian main that have been starting up front and yeah. just seems to be like a like an untalented bosher with like a fast bloke and then
0: that's just like all you really need in Scotland for, to a certain degree <laughs> bear in mind that beef curtain's main scored a break at tanadice uh under jack ross's men so then uh, maybe that's taking a slight pinch of salt yeah that was enough that was enough for Tony Ashker.
1: I can't watch this anymore. You can't watch this man score two goals. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing with them, I think, is from a fancy point of view, they're a bit of an odd one. Defensively, yeah, you're right, John. And I think in the in the past we have had some under Goodwin. They're a bit the same as well. they were always quite tight, hard to beat, and they had a lot of clean sheets too. So guys like Shaughnessy, we've the team a lot. Tate has been the man. Tate is a pod legend too. And he obviously popped up with a fantastic goal the other week, but you know, a few from Maine and that was Bacchus, I think that scored against Hibbs. So, you know, there's not really obvious ones. I younger that you've loved from the start of the season, but even have you, have you moved him on yet? Are you still, you know,
0: no, well, no, I mean, he's, he's great. Cause he's, he's a midfielder. He's gone up in value by about half a million already. He's on penalties, yeah. Um, you know, playing center forward and he's a big bosher. So, and he does seem to get quite a lot of chances. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with him. You're going to stick gonna with roll, him. Roll, roll the punches there.
1: I like it. Uh, they've got a huge game, I think, against St. Johnston um, this weekend. That would make it four in a row. That's serious points as well. 12 points for them, you know, and for, to, to pick that up. You know, that, that'll be massive come into the season, whatever way it goes. So Steve Ramsden doing a really good job there. Um, and, you know, has rightly proved quite a lot of people wrong. Um, and he did a, quite a bit of um, business in the, in the transfer window as well. He brought in a lot of players, reshaped that squad. Brought in quite a few players that he knew previously and it's kind of working out for him on the flip side of that we'll stick with the manager theme at the moment what do we make of lee johnson and hibbs after five games and i'm not just saying this i'm not just doing this to to kind of poke the bear we've kind of turned up at their two big games of the year for sure you know rangers hearts they got those important points but they still look toothless um you can't help against think with, without thinking about against Rangers that like those Reds, that could have been a very different game where just took their eye off the ball, so to speak. Um it, It's it's very classic Hibs, isn't it? Mm. It's very trademark
2: hibs. You play half decent football, you play quite well against the big teams and probably lose and then just get pumped by all the, the pitchers. Like if you think about it, what they've probably got three managers who've all had pretty like what well, They've signed a lot of players, essentially. So you've got three managers worth of like these players tied to long contracts that don't really seem to fit in any system. Did you see? Did you see the tweet, or did you see him getting interviewed, and the fan shouted, "Your team's brutal, mate," <laughs> and then he said, uh, "Yeah, you're not wrong, pal." <laughs> I was thinking, like, what do you make of that? Because was he? He was Sunderland manager as well, is that right?
0: Uh, yeah, that you know, was I don't think he was. He was wasn't he? Barnes I'm sure he was Sunderland at one point,
2: but yeah, he was. And I, I just remember reading a bit about him and saying it was like he was a guy that uses 100 words when you can use two i, I do kind of get that impression from him and it's just another one of these Hibs managers it's like right in you come have 10 games off you go who's next um, <laughs> yeah. you do get that impression but i i, I do think that team has got good players isn't it
0: yeah like, I mean the, the lack in the midfield that sort of mid, midfield free has sort of stayed the same over the last season and i think it's proved it's, it's not quite good enough I mean yeah i mean take a step back Definitely agree with what you guys are saying that the two performance against, against Rangers and Hearts have kind of papered over the cracks of what's been a really poor start to the season. But don't forget, we thought it was going to be a poor start to the season. So, you know, it's a shambolic pre-season getting knocked out of the League Cup at the group stages. Um, but they do have Martin Boyle back. And my suggestion, especially now given that Christian Deutsch is gone, Martin Boyle against St Mirren, the 1-0 defeat uh, through there in Paisley, was playing on the right wing. And it's so easy for Richard Tate to stand there and just know what he's doing with Martin Boyle. Martin Boyle has scored two goals so far this season. Both have been inside the six-yard box. Play that man through the middle of the park. Yeah. So, And especially with this weekend coming up with Old Firm, and so maybe you're thinking about not captaining Tav. Yeah. I still think if, if he does that, given the fact that Dodge has moved, um, moved on to Kilmarnock, mm. um, I, I would not be surprised to see him uh, score quite a few goals there. Yeah, 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 I
1: mean, obviously they brought in McGiddy over the summer as well, didn't they? But he's now injured. Um, but he's been played by that. But, you know, the last years a little bit, hasn't he? So I quite
2: quite like the book, look of that striker, Yuan. Yeah, um, he's I, not I scored in, yet. But.
0: I did until I watched uh, the St Marin game. Oh, really? Uh, he got hooked. He got hooked. He was about to get sent off. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he got subbed. I mean, he, yeah, he was really the best Hibbs have actually played this season was in that sort of twenty minute spell after half time against Livingston. They absolutely battered Livy. Yeah. And then sort of did, a, as you say, a sort of classic Hibs and then failed to mark the biggest guy on the pick and pitching. And <laughs> just sort of had a wee glancing header and it was a 2-1 defeat. But that's the best it looks. There's definitely a plan under Lee Johnson, whether he gets the time, especially given sort of history with Maloney, I would say he's probably not going to get it. Well,
1: that's the thing, you know, and, you know, quite a few of the players are back. And this bit, obviously, still not back. We were, I think they're expecting him back by about December or something, are they talking? That's a long injury for him. That's at least a year now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're getting back by that point, but is Lee Johnson even still there at that stage? It's sort of like, how long could he go where he is? He's got picked up five points so far this season, one win, obviously, two draws, which we've talked about, and two losses. Could easily have been four losses. So, yeah, we'll see. They've got, um, you know, they've got a middling run, I would say, coming up. Kilmarnock, Dundee United, and then Aberdeen. You've got to think they've got to fancy those next two games. But as you say, Kilmarnock have started to hit some form. So concerning yeah. times for them, I just don't quite know what to make of them and him. And I think you're saying the same as well, game
2: Yeah, same old Hibs.
0: <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, Jack Ross was 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 clear uh, shouting out for a uh, sort of that spine they've got quite good they've got players all around it but they need a new center half they need a new center midfielder and like unless they play ball through the middle they kind of need a new center forwards and then you've got the guys around it like chris cadden decent player but you're not going to run the game from from wing back
1: no definitely definitely well moving over to the other side of Edinburgh, we'll touch on hearts why not <laughs> My theme with hearts, though, look, fantastic night at Tyne Castle despite the result last Thursday. We obviously now drop into the conference league with ties against the likes of Florentina. So some glamour ties, which will be exciting. It was encouraging to see us back up as well. Florentina.
0: Florentina. Did you want to get picked up on that?
1: Yeah, I did. And encouraging to see us back up against St. Johnson in a thriller at the weekend. But the issue with hearts, and I'm saying it, I think, to both of you at different times uh, over the past few weeks is just the squad depth. And we're trying to sort that at the moment. But it's just showing that we don't have enough of a squad to deal with challenging for cups. okay, we don't have one to deal with now. Being in Europe, playing Thursdays, obviously, and then trying to challenge. For third, so I think it's going to be quite a hard few months at Tynecastle and uh, you know, looking forward to it, looking forward to the European run, but I'm pretty concerned about it at the same time.
0: Big, big thing for me, is just looking at the uh, clean sheet table. Now that you've point to there yes. and you proved that <laughs> Celtic are top, there's four teams in the division that have not kept a clean sheet this season, and Hearts are one of them, which is mental considering that they've got ten points from five games. Uh, Dundee United, unsurprisingly, the other one. Kille, we've said have had quite a tough run of it so far there, and St. Johnson, so no surprises there. But very surprising to see Hearts, especially given the fact they've got Craig, Super Gordon, and goals, and generally a pretty, you know, decent uh, back three, five, whatever you guys tend to play. Uh, that that I think that needs to be addressed pretty sharpish, right?
1: Well, it does. I mean, Craig Gordon's uh, calamitous mistake against uh, Saint John'son has been coming for some time. It felt like that was going to happen for the last two years. He's done it in Scotlandshire as well a number of times. The man just shouldn't be allowed to, you know, play with the ball at his feet anymore. Um, although he doesn't seem to realise that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, it's the centre back issue as well. With Halkett being injured as he is, we just don't have that many out and out centre back halves, and that's been we're being shown up for that. So mm-hmm. injuries are only going to continue to. To show it, I would love to hear that we've signed a centre back before the end of the window closing. I don't think that's going to be the case. So that's a worry as well. And then inevitably, we're going to have to go shopping in January. So, yeah, it's a bit of a concern. I mean, yeah, you you pointed to the clean sheets. I mean, we've scored 10 goals and we've conceded seven. So it's pretty tight numbers. The fact, as you say, that we've come away with three wins and a draw, um, given those kind of numbers, is is impressive in itself. But it shows we're kind of grinding them out.
2: Am I right? All of those goals. Am I right in saying that Aussie boy yeah, is injured as well, the centre half?
1: Um, rolls yeah, he got yeah. injured after scoring against uh, St. Johnston. It looked like a head knock, so hopefully it will be too long out. Atkinson you are having, an injury. Yeah. He'd been, he's, he's been hanging around with injury as well. Kingsley's had an injury. He's the only yeah. the back. I mean, uh, Cochran, um, I think, he, what was he out for? He's out for something, either suspension or... Um, a concussion. Michael Smith, our oldest defender, is about the only one that's fit at the moment. Uh, you just go through the team. It's just like everybody's got injuries. Um, so and yeah.
0: obviously, obviously, everyone knows, but John Suter's gone, right? So it's, yes. there's there's that to deal with as well, which yeah, doesn't, there is. doesn't seem to be have been addressed. So, yeah. So <laughs> I would steer
1: clear of Hearts from a fantasy point of view at the back. Um, we were investing in them heavily um, last year. steer clear of Gordon, and I would steer clear of Hearts at the back. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would definitely go with Mackay and Lawrence Shankland has been a bloody bright spot. That's four, four goals in five games for him. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been brilliant, you know, and and he's exactly what we hoped he would be. Um, And that, and that just seems to continue. He's there, he's a finisher, and he gets stuck in and about. That's what I'd love to see from him, the physicality. So, um, yeah. So hard though, it brings us into the sort of striker conversation you were talking about Van Veen, Shankland, Mevo, Jota, uh, sorry, Kyogo and Kolak. You got five there and yeah, you could have any any of those
0: three. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I've got Kyogo, uh, Miovsky and Kolak who have all been brilliant returners. But yeah, as you say, you could easily add Van Veen, uh, especially off the back of his hat-trick, and, and Shankland has hit the ground running and there's been a fair few penalties. You've got to think about that. Uh, with mm-hmm. your strikers, and both Miofsky and Shanklander, obviously, and Van Veen are all penalty takers. Yeah, I like you're maybe rotating somebody for the weekend thought, John. I think that could be, maybe that's the
1: one.
2: Do, do you want uh, a spectacle, bold prediction?
1: Yes.
0: Ah, oh, so it's so, all so we came for.
2: I think I think Craig Gordon, I'm not saying this is going to be his last season, but I think this is the season that goes from fairy tale to reality, because oh. he was, he's, behind, he's and it's bad for Scotland, and he's been unbelievable, but... His distribution will never fail to break my heart. And um I just think what is he now? Is he forty? 48, 40, I
0: think. Isn't he? Sniffing around
2: there. You can't go forever. Um I just think this is the this is the year where it comes crumbling down. Fourteen December. Stick it, stick it on the board. We'll see what it comes like at the end of the season. He'll probably have the fucking year of his life yeah well Celtic Celtic we didn't that
1: uh, back in 2020 when they let him go of course and that went famously well for them for a couple well, of years
2: well Vasilius Barkas sign a keeper with no <laughs> <Yeah>. hand <laughs> let's sign this keeper with and your hand man Scott thing. babe.
1: yeah yes yeah. yeah, oh guy. fucking Scott, Scott. Anyway, <laughs> well, move on um, so we've basically covered all of the grounds. It feels unfair of us not to talk about Aberdeen John because it's promising signs, is it not? At Pitaudry. Uh
0: yeah, yeah, it is. Look, another well, another huge win against uh, let's uh, against Livingston, um, off the back of a of a huge win against um, uh, Saint Mary at home. Both teams went down to ten men. I think that's quite an important fact. I think if you watch the first thirty minutes of Aberdeen Livingston at the weekend. Goodwin said the teams were evenly matched. That's a lie. Livingston were outplaying Aberdeen everywhere. Joel Newbley uh, should have scored, uh, especially given the form he's been on. So, but you know you've got to weather these storms, and Aberdeen came through. Got um, with a, with a nice press and got um, Fitzwater sent off. So that's the first time that Aberdeen have had back-to-back clean sheets since January 2021, and the first time they've had back-to-back wins in the league since March 2021. Just to sort of put into perspective how awful it's been, sort of for the last 18 months at and yeah. um, So they, they, they're, they're coming forward. I had a little bit of a scare at Annan. My um, old man was through there. He had a lovely time. He was drinking um, pints of cheeky vimto. The local bar there had them for six pounds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to have to get them in the shed at Christmas, John.
0: I was like, Jerry, it's a be... Tuesday nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to do mulled cheeky vimtos in the shed at Christmas this year.
0: Oh, he loves it. Mul Buckfast is, is actually his main one. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, Miofsky looks like a, he looks like an upgrade on Ramirez. There's a lot of Ramirez bashing. Ramirez still scored 15 goals last season. And don't forget, Ferguson was on penalties. So if he hadn't been on penal if he'd been on penalties, you know, you could easily have seen him breaking through the 20 goals, a season barrier. But Bojan definitely, I mean, he's 10 years younger. He looks lighter on his feet. He's a lot quicker and he makes some really intelligent runs. So he looks really good. Ross McCrory, box-to-box midfielder scoring some absolute screamers has hit the bar a couple of times could definitely add a few had a few more and uh, what one thing that's been really nice to see is that johnny hayes is almost back to his best that's uh, really heartwarming to, to, to see
2: is he playing further forward now
0: yeah, yeah, so the, they, they got uh, got Coulson in at left back, and yeah, the, the plan is to play Hayes for the forward. I mean, he came off the bench against Annan after a pretty dismal uh, 0-0 at half time, and created the first goal. Like, that that man is back on fire. Can't, can't wait for him to ping one in against Celtic as he used to do. Um, and then there's obviously, there's the, there's the little bit of quality um, from, from Leighton Clarkson that's been added. So Aberdeen played St. Johnson a couple of weeks ago. I've watched Aberdeen play St. Johnston, the same game, I'd say the exact same game for the last eight or nine years. It is an awful affair. It's always like nil-nil. There's always one goal in it. And that's where a loan signing is clever, isn't it? You're buying something or loaning something that you can't get at. You get that extra bit of quality, and that's exactly what Clarkson provided with a 30-yard top-bin free kick.
1: You yeah. must be licking your lips at two weeks, uh, I should say a week on Saturday. Um, Rangers at home at 12 o'clock, always a feisty encounter. Do you think
0: you can take something from them? Well, yeah, especially they've got, they've obviously got Champions League duties during the week. So yeah, you've got to you got to think that that's definitely something to target. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, hopefully uh, at least result up a dingwall.
2: said to you, John, I thought you were the best team or Aberdeen the best team Celtic have played all season.
1: Apart from hearts beating, but But on that, I think we get out of part
0: two. (laughs) Hi, let's do it. We all want the quiz.
1: Quiz, quiz, quiz.
0: Welcome back to part three. Hopefully, you're all still with us. We've got Craig Gagan on the pod. It's always an absolute delight to be chatting to someone that isn't just Robert Scobie. Uh, during the <laughs> podcast. So thank you, Gagan for, uh, for uh, diluting the conversation.
2: <laughs> Someone's got to watch the football at the end of the day. So.
0: <laughs> uh, Scobie, you're taking it well, mate, I have to say. So we've decided we're going to do a quiz in part three. I'm trying to make it transfer-related because it's the 1st of September. I don't really understand why the deadline's of the 1st of September, not the 31st of August. But anyway, the transfer gods are smiling on us because we're doing the podcast on a Thursday night. Um, so the first question... And we'll um we'll just probably I'll ask the question and you can guys just guess out loud and the listeners can have a go as well. So it's Celtic related, Gagan, to give you a nice easy start. Pressure's on. And Celtic signed three players late in last summer's transfer window on the same day. One of them was Carter Vickers. Who were the other two? I know it.
2: Do you wanna have a go away? <laughs> well, okay. Joy,
0: Scooby, no. they both—they both still at the club. January. I'll,
2: I'll type it.
0: January, still-
1: was that was that the Japanese boys? Was that Hitate and Mida? It was a summer window. Yeah, summer. Summer. I thought it's January. Okay. No, no, sorry. Summer window. Late. Oh, deadline Car- day last summer. Who was the one you said he came in?
2: Carvickers. Is the Carvickers.
1: First. Yakamakis.
2: That's the other one. And then one more. Hope I'm right. <laughs>
0: O'Reilly? No. no, incorrect. He's doing He's doing pretty well. Who was it in Gagan Tellus? It's Jota, isn't it? Correct. Ah.
2: Think about that. The last day of the transfer market, basically the spine.
0: It's wow. mental, isn't it? Unbelievable. Like, amazing business. You normally look at sort of last day of the transfer window as, as like panic buys and like sort of sh- you've, you've played a few games and you're trying to yeah. shore up your squad, but we're getting Callum, say-
2: Callum Humphreys and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: Callum Humphreys. Callum Humphreys. Callum right. Humphreys. But yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Then we'll move on because uh, obviously it's the old firm this weekend. I thought we'd do a mm-hmm. Rangers one. Who, and there's a few parts to this question, is their most expensive signing ever? Tory Andrew Flo. Correct. How much, Gagan?
2: I think it was 12. But 12. back then that was about 50.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the days of like, I mean, this was mental. I mean, this was almost like the biggest transfer in Britain. Yeah, and and from where Chelsea. was where was he signed? Yep, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, and then um, so in his in his um illustrious Rangers career, twenty nine goals from fifty three games. I mean, you're probably wanting more from a twelve million pound striker. Mm. It's,
2: it's actually not that bad a record, but yeah, obviously you do want more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, if you look at like Kolak, he's like basically a goal a game to start with.
2: And who did he sign for after? So who did he go to? Uh, do you know what? I, well, i
0: I made the questions, mate. Oh,
2: was that the question?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, think uh... went, I think he went to Sunderland. That's why I've got you on the pod, Gagan.
1: So, wow. Henry Scobie, a fucking...
0: Matt Riley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Literally a Celtic question last year. Right. Scobie, okay.
0: we'll do a Hearts-Hibs one. Can you name three players that have played for both Hearts and Hibs? <laughs> Definitely. Can you name one?
1: Um
2: right. That's coming me. I, if I name them school, he's not allowed to
1: use them. Is that right?
0: Gegan, yeah, you have to shut off for a second. <laughs> Surely there's one. I then mean, there was one in my head that's straight away. He's got a chance. Dimitri
1: Mitchell is playing there at the moment. Is he yeah. both? True. Yeah, he's both. Nice. He's at, he's at hibs. He was at hearts. Working my way back. We're not gonna have Lee Johnston, even though he did play for hearts, and he's managed hibs. Um, there's
0: some bigger ones here.
1: Yeah, I know that, I know that. God, brain fog.
0: BBC Sports, main oh,
1: analyst. He used to be a stinky jambo, but he's all
2: right now.
0: <laughs> Who is it, Gigan? Mikey Stewart. Correct.
2: SMP mouthpiece.
0: <laughs> I think he actually lives on um, lives on my parents' street he,
1: he lives on, yeah,
2: Clooney, yeah it's around, or near, uh,
0: near there, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. giving no away these secrets Creek.
1: on the pod where your parents live, John
0: <laughs> oh,
2: Christ, Rob's dad loiters around his house sort of quite regularly <laughs> trying to bump into him so he can invite himself in <laughs>
0: his, his kids are at school with my little cousins really? yeah, yeah. Um, any more? there's a couple other big ones, I'm not sure Darren Jackson
1: God, yeah, of course, okay.
0: And then Paul Hartley.
1: Oh yeah, Hartley, yeah. Fuck, yeah, okay. Poor for me. I definitely need to back definitely on the next, cool. on the next question.
0: Okay, right now, think of what we talked about at the start of the podcast. Uh, who are Scotland's top five? So you can go one about. Yeah. And let Scobie go first. Top five most expensive international footballers. Like one so, trans- one transfer fee.
2: Highest fee paid for by the international team.
0: No, no, not... Well, well... No, the so the, They played for the Scotland internationally. Right.
1: And they've commanded the most transfer fees.
0: No, no, one transfer
1: fee. One transfer yeah, it? Not transfer. Like, was it not like David Trezeguet or whatever it used to be like the most expensive right. player? So, on, he just moved so many times. He had so many right. transfer fees behind him. So much money being spent on him in the course of his career. That's what it's about.
0: Stop trying to... Just give us knowledge, Scoby, when you've just been embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Scoby, who is one of the top five most expensive Scotland players?
1: Go for Ollie Burke.
0: Ollie Burke is at number five, 15 million pounds.
2: Okay. What oh, would Tierney be the most expensive then?
0: That's what I have. Aaron Hickey. Oh, yes. He's at, wait, right. right, top six, top six. <laughs>
2: Was was Burke fifth?
0: So Burke Burke is joint fifth. uh, 15 15 million. McBurney. Ollie McBurney is number two. 20 million pounds. When, uh, who signed them? Swansea. That's Sheffield United. Sheffield United from Swansea. After he scored a prolific 22 goals in 42 appearances. I don't feel that prolific, but. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Never forget. Ollie McBurney scored a penalty against Serbia.
2: Correct, John.
1: Forget so did, did Lee Griffiths?
0: Yes. Yeah, yes, Griffiths he did. Came off the, he did. Off
1: the bench to do it, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right.
0: So you've got. You've got. um Tune, McBurney.
1: Hickey. McBurney. Burke. We've got That's two you. more to
0: find. Two more. Jack Kendry? Uh, no. uh uh-uh. He might be on overall. He might be your David Trezeguet, but uh, my research doesn't go that deep. <laughs> how much
2: how
1: much was Hickey? Fifteen?
0: I thought Hickey was seventeen. Maybe. He's actually not in my list because my he list was, is out of date. I thought
1: it was four. Yeah. Maybe it it's has seven. to be recent
2: then because Gordon was what, twelve? So there's one, there's 10.
0: one really easy one that happened very oh, no. recently that start. he starts in the Premier League. That's... I mean, how many clues do I need here? He plays for Fat Frank. Oh, Patterson. Nathan Patterson, sixteen mil. So he went last summer.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And then one that, yeah, I think slightly more difficult. But I mean, he starts basically every game for Scotland and plays in the Premier League. So can't really get. Grant that Hanley? That.
1: No, it's from last year, wasn't it? No, Grant
2: I um, Forgot about that twenty million bid for Grant Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> <don't know. laughs>
0: he was at Birmingham. He's a striker.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, what? Jay Adams.
0: Jay Adams. Yeah. He's at Birmingham.
2: Oh, was at Birmingham.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was at Birmingham. He scored 22 goals. And, Where's um, Ryan Fraser
2: was... on that? He's what's very... all? Actually, they, they didn't pay much for him, did they? What? What's. Uh...
0: They paid 15 mil. So the 50, it's basically all these guys are about 15 mil and over.
2: Southampton paid 15 mil for.
0: 15-1-5, yeah, um, for Shea Adams. What the hell? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, of course, Ryan he must Fraser. Have played for Scotland then. Ryan Fraser just did his no, usual. Yeah, um, refused to play for Bournemouth, so they sold him without, uh, or let him go to free. Yeah, Ryan Fraser the Yeah, he's a rat. So no money's been spent on him even though he's moved to two premiership clubs.
2: Good quiz there, John. Yeah, great quiz. A comprehensive win for myself, must say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't keeping score, but I think everyone will agree that Gagan won that. <laughs>
2: That's the thing about when you watch the football score, we actually like pick up quite a few things.
1: When was the last time you were at South
0: Department? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, dude, let's
0: all be friends. Let's all be friends. Can I, have,
2: can I have one more, John? You might be cheating a bit because I'm presume you're on the BBC Sport uh, transfer deadline day. But four notable free agents in Scotland that still don't have a club. Uh, yeah, Lee I might Griffiths. be. Who's that? Lee Griffiths. He's in Australia's second division. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, he is. I've missed that. <laughs> yeah. Scored a goal the other day. Playing for, Oh, Mandurah City, team. of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tom Rogic, has he moved Rogic,
2: yeah, Rogic has one.
0: That's mental. Will anyone be able to forward oh. him?
2: Mate, Probably not. For me, the most mental one is Xander Clark.
0: Yes. Especially with what's happening at A 100%. And
2: then, um, yeah, so the others are... I didn't know this one, but uh, Lee Wallace, seemingly. Where has he been? He's been, been at QPR, playing pretty regularly. And then... Uh, Snodgrass as well.
0: No one likes yeah, Snodgrass.
2: Got to feel like some of them are getting a move soon.
0: Good segue there, Gagan. You're gone from Lee yeah. Wallace to Snodgrass.
2: <laughs> Fucking that's why you're the that's
1: why you're the host, John. That's
0: why you're <laughs> the best <guy laughs> of the base. Um, right,
1: boys. So just to wrap things up, um at next the Mary Street Wanderers sit atop of the fancy football pod league with four hundred and twenty-nine points. Good on you. But of course, this segment can't go by without John telling us how fucking well he's doing. So John's now tied for fifth, very impressive. Five Hi. places in front of the FPL general who sits in tenth.
0: I would be top of our league, but I just went into the mega league.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you
0: not fancy changing
1: twelve teams every week?
0: No, didn't actually. That
1: was mental. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. no, really good, John. Who? Who? who, who how, you, how do you do it?
0: Uh, yeah, so we have top five. I mean, so this week was huge points to me, 131. So I had Captain Tav, but the uh, big one, so Saturday night I wasn't looking too clever, but I'd V-seed Kyogo. Yeah, and obviously yeah. your vice captain gets double points. For and goal. I went
1: Mevo this week, which is
0: the, which is exactly opposite of what we've been doing. Yeah, so that was good. And then, uh, yeah, I've got Miofsky, Kolak's scored goals, Jota's been scoring, Liam Scales got an assist. Yeah. Um, yeah, Blair Spittle scored, and yeah, my like two ones that didn't return was Ayunga and Boyle, but sort of happy to keep them. As I say, only thing I'm thinking slightly outside the box is maybe Kolak to KVV for one week, but mm. Mm. I also I really I really uh, like Colak. He's sort of a one-two touch penalty box finisher, and um, you know one thing you can sort of say at Morelos is the amount of times he sort of gets the ball stuck under his feet, and Colak just seems to be that bit more clinical. Um, so he seems to have settled in really well at Rangers and has obviously scored big goals as well. So it, be, it seems silly to take him out.
1: But Morales is still there. We thought that might have might have eventually been coming to an end, but he's still there. <laughs> Another transfer window goes by. Uh, well done, John. You're doing very well. Keep it up. Fifth place. I'm uh, 385th. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Gagan, it's been an honour to have you on again. Yeah, I loved it, boys, as always. Fourth appearance, I think it is.
0: Yeah. So it's the fastest hour of the week.
1: No, I
2: really appreciate it, lads. It's always a pleasure.
0: So good having you on, mate, and have a have a great time up north. Uh, you can down, you can tell your uh, lovely Laura to download oh, yeah. the Fantasy Football Pod Podcast. I will do that. And then She's in a place got it. of no signal, she'll be able to listen to you talk yeah. about Scottish football. You yeah, won't have sure. already had
1: enough of you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm to... One, One thing real... she
1: particularly likes is me talking about Scottish football, as you can imagine. Yeah. No. No. We will check back in on those predictions for the old firm as well on the other side of the weekend. We did have a question from Ian Finlay, but unfortunately we've not got time to ask it. Um, So we'll leave that one for next time you're on. (laughs) Thanks again, though, Gagan. And all the best troops for the upcoming weekend. We'll speak to you again in the next few weeks.